Courtside of the Virtual Hardwood, it's the NLSC Podcast, episode number 279. Hello again, basketball gamers. Welcome back to the show. Great to be back on the air. I'm Andrew, with you as always. With me this week is Ben, also known in the forum as Arcane. Hey everybody, it's good to be back again. We welcome you to the new and hopefully improved NLSC Podcast. We're changing our focus slightly. We're going to have each week a deep dive discussion, or certainly a fun discussion we hope, about various topics about basketball, video gaming, things we know that everybody cares about, certainly we care about and are interested in, and we hope you are too. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it, Ben. Same, you know, trying different things and, you know, sort of change up from what what probably has been felt sort of repetitive to me. And, you know, I don't think that helped us either because it kind of felt like we were on the a repetitive loop in a lot of ways so hopefully this new format will hopefully uh help us uh reinvigorate the not just the discussion aspect but um for you for you guys but also for us in, in making sure that we can continue doing another 279 episodes absolutely and one of the things that i mentioned in the news post about this when i announced the revamp to the podcast when it's between the the release of the game, that first few months after release, and certainly the previous season as well. There's not always a lot of news to talk about, is there not, Ben? You know, it's... Yeah. yeah, and, you know, kind of, again, you know, if patches come out, we could talk about that, but n- not a lot in in types of really new info to really go about. And, you know, so it, it has made it times, again, like we're stressed where it's just felt like we were kind of beating a dead horse i guess is the expression in in terms of it is i mean i'm generally repeating ourselves because each week there are the content updates for the games and you can usually say a couple of things about them but they're pretty much the same thing every week so we wanted to change things up we wanted to have some really good discussions about these basketball gaming topics uh, because of course we do that from time to time ben when we talk about our week in basketball gaming and other such topics so we're gonna basically expand upon that of course, we'll still be covering the news each and every week, and we will start with a recap this week, a quick recap of the last couple of weeks in news for NBA Live 19 and NBA 2K19. A couple of patches have come through, patch 1.23 for Live 19 and patch 1.09 for 2K19. Not uh, not huge patches, Ben. 1.23 for NBA Live 19 is actually a small patch, in fact, both in size and scope. But it also fixes a couple of things with the gear, including the uh, Creamy Bigums jersey. I'm not sure if you saw that, uh, the glitch that happened there where it was the wrong body type. No, I didn't see that. So. But that's been fixed. Uh, the hair for Bone Collector has been fixed. Uh, the Rocket Venue camera has been fixed. A couple of optimizations. Uh, they've reinserted the original splash screens, not instead of the All Star Edition uh, splash screens and icon on the dashboard. Some short... I kind of like the All Star one a bit I, more. I did too, and I, I actually. I, extracted it for use or, or took a screenshot of it and used it and put it in NBA Live 08 and released that as an update <laughs> uh, last month for March Modernist. Reinsert the original splash screen, shoe updates, and they've tried to optimize the patch size as well. And of course, new rosters have come through for NBA Live 19, as they always do. Also have come through for NBA 2K19 as well. Patch 109 also addresses a couple of issues. Uh, they removed pushing in the neighborhood games. We played a couple of neighborhood games, Ben. That's nice to not get shoved on the playground. A bit of a cleaner yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little less prison game, more street. So, uh, yeah. A little bit friendlier for the, the neighborhood. <laughs> friendlier neighborhood. 
And the other major fix in patch 1.09, of course, is a fix for a hang that uh, some users had reported seeing in the start today for uh, for my league, Ben. So again, that's a, a good fix to have. It was just basically crashing, I believe, when attempting to advance past uh, March 20th. That's yep. right, a fix for a hang, yes. And that hasn't come through for PC as yet, just PS4 and Xbox One, but it should be PC shortly, usually within a couple of weeks based on previous updates. But a couple of decent updates there, and once again, man, as we've said before, good to see them still resolving a few issues uh, this late in the year. Yeah, you know, it definitely serves the game better for the community when they, you know, still support it post, uh, well, nearly in the playoffs and well, the playoffs are about to start, so yeah, I, I suppose you know they they'd want the game to be working for the next six months before the next one, so it makes sense. And, and of course, the NBA 2K League is tipping off, or has actually second season has tipped off now already. So they want people invested in the game. Well, that's 2K, of course. So NBA Live probably doesn't care too much about the 2K League. <laughs> probably probably not really what EA is focusing upon, but that is also underway. As we've said before, not really something that we cover that much here on the NLSC, but nevertheless, you can check that out on their social media. And yeah, if it means some good content for, for us as, as the game's been, then so much the better, because as we've discussed before, the 2K League is great for the brand, but you know what, what do we get out of it? That's what we asked last year, and but hopefully it at least means more interest in the game and, and more support. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know we criticised it amount last year because we felt it was more to focus for the development team as opposed to the actual retail game. So hoping that, yeah, the, the focus has shifted a bit more. I can understand it. it was their sort of first year. They wanted to try and get it right and try and make it a big thing. Um, but, yeah, hopefully this year, it, you know, the actual retail game is more the actual priority in, in terms of getting the game balanced and, and right. And, yeah, that was one thing we were kind of concerned about last year. So, yeah. So obviously the NBA 2K League is something that 2K is very invested in. It is a partnership with the NBA. And of course, it's basically the professional version of 2K Pro-Am. Yeah. And you know, it's a big mode to obviously draw a lot of people in. So, And, and of yeah. course, that's the mode that we've been playing quite a lot of the past few years. Is That's why we've been basically playing my career to get our players leveled up so we can take them online. And that brings us to our discussion topic this week, which is 2K Pro-Am and how to fix it. Because we've talked a lot about 2K Prime in the last few years of doing the NLC podcast and playing the games, of course. And you may, have, if you've been listening to the show, you may have heard us uh, complain, I guess, about the mode at times, talk, <laughs> talk about rough sessions. And really, if we look back at it, the mode just hasn't been as fun as it was when we first got into it. I mean, remember, Ben, when we got into it in 2K16, we, we were really hooked when the guys got us into it. Like, pretty much straight away, we loved it. Yeah, you know, it was a. It was a mode, obviously, I think in 16, when they put, sort of put it back, it, it was very rough to begin with, but uh, but then it got really, really good after some patches and stuff like that, and yeah, I think you and I were both sort of hesitant in playing it at first, because a couple of the other guys were in playing it, and then, you know, they, they finally sucked us in with it, and yeah, it was, it was good, and uh, 2K17, they made some really good improvements, but it was just the the constant rebalancing and changes, and you know that, that they kept doing each week to the game, which really sort of threw us out for a little bit. But we played like over 520 games. That, that's right. I mean, 2K17, we just went crazy with it. You know, yeah. you talk about it being a bit rough in 2K16. Of course, they didn't have the stats tracking, or they had stats tracking, but it wasn't as sophisticated and 
You couldn't mm. really bring it up as you could in 2K17. You remember we had to uh, invite each other to our my courts and then get, yeah. go start in that way. So the only good thing about 2K16, really looking back on it, um, well, I say the only good thing, but perhaps the, the strength of 2K16, I should say, of Pro-Am in that mode, that is, is that we could upload images from the start. We could basically create a new team and, and put the branding in. But yeah. obviously, we saw the drawbacks of that from a lot of the people who decided they'd be smart and they put pictures of Rachel on the courts or pictures of girls from school who probably had no idea that their pictures were in the game and, and lots of other creepy stuff that I think yep. was perhaps a big reason why 2K has been a bit more careful about people being able to customize their teams so quickly in the subsequent games, which is a shame. Uh, I do think there's other reasons too, but I, I can't rule out the possibility that it's what people have done with, with yeah. 2K16, I think was a big influence on that. But we really got into it. It was actually after Kenny first got on the podcast that we really got into it because he invited us on there. And as you said, you and I were a bit uh, skeptical about it because not really big online gamers at the time. And that's really changed over the past few years. Yeah, And we've really come to enjoy it. Uh, as you said, 2K17, we played over 500 games. Uh, 2K... Yeah, we were playing at least, on average, two or three times a week. Sometimes I think we've played nearly three, between couple of times we played at least four times in a week yeah there, there were some times where at least uh, you kenny and i were playing three or four sessions a week so that added up to about maybe up to, upwards of 15 games at least on a good day so yeah. and, th- and there were frustrations of the, uh, i remember being frustrated at the time with that but at the same time we also had a lot of fun i mean you don't play 520 odd games unless you are enjoying yourself it might even mean over 530 it was i, I know I, I had the most sessions of anyone with 500 games played yeah. Um, so in addition, I think to- I think I was like, I think I was one or two games short of five hundred, and yeah. and of course we were playing micro as well. I, I played the full season in two K seventeen. I think you played into the second year as well. So we 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 played a lot of that game. Two K eighteen, as we've mentioned before, we basically gave up on single player and multiplayer last year, very early on in the piece because I, I moved back to live eighteen, played ultimate team last year. And we just felt that 2K Pro-Am was just going downhill. Uh, this year, they've made even more changes. It's, it's hard to even get the Team Pro-Am games. You've got to get... We basically had to play Walk-On to actually get the games, which means we have to play with at least one random person, usually, which is less than ideal, and we'll certainly get to that. Uh, yeah, so basically, as much as we love 2K Pro-Am, it does have a lot of problems, so that the question is before us, how do we fix that? And before we get into the whole idea of how we're going to fix up Pro-Am, because we totally have the power to do that, <laughs> certainly we'll throw the suggestions out there but i thought the logical thing to do would be to identify the biggest problems with the mode as it stands at the moment and i'll, I'll shoot it over to you first ben what do you feel is the the biggest problem with 2k pro-am um a lot of it is i guess a lot of people's play style where it's just cheese in a lot, in a lot of ways that's why i think that's one of the big things you know it you know for a community the man sim you know, they, they sure know how to go for exploitive plays yeah. or builds and all that stuff. So I think I think that's a big downside to it. And I think that's part of the reason why I think 2K16 was better in terms of that because it was more, you know, it wasn't cheesy archetypes. It was your play style determined how you, what kind of role you're in, that, in, the, in your actual archetype and all that stuff. It wasn't, pre-selected ones and how they're exploitable and and all that stuff it was purely based on the work that you put into the game um well, well to that to that point you know you bring up the sim nation and everything obviously 
We know that uh, Scott OG, he's really into the sim style from talking to him on the podcast before, and we know some of the improvements that he's been able to bring to the gameplay. Dazar, obviously, the president of Sim Nation, very much into the sim style. But do you think the community as a whole is still about sim? Because I've seen people on Twitter, for example, say they want the games to be less realistic, which would just be unthinkable 10 years ago that anyone in the community would be doing that. I mean, do you think it's just basically, you know, is the community still sim? And if not, do you think it's perhaps the more... And you hate to use the word casual because it sounds elitist, but certainly as 2K has become more popular and had the bigger uh, audience, it's brought in new people and they're not necessarily the hardcore sim heads that used to be make up the majority of the community, or, or so it seemed. Are, are we just a vocal minority asking for a sim style? Uh, I hope it's not like... Excuse the analogy, I guess, but I hope it's not like mumble rap versus conscious rap and all that sort of stuff where you mm. know it's sort of two generations and... You know, we're probably... Old heads. <laughs> yeah, or the, the middle child and that sort of thing, using, again, a J, uh, uh, using a J. Cole reference there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, where we're sort of... Yes, we want to have a little bit of fun with it, but, you know, we still want it to reflect actual basketball. <laughs> Rese- resemble the sport that it's based on, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and, and not make us resent the game of basketball. But yeah. It's becoming... I mean, again, a lot of uh, how probably in how we dislike how the game is evolving with the three-point game and how it's just you know 43 is a game and it's like just ridiculous you know where you know we want to you know drive it to the basket you know we want the old school rules and the, the 90s game yeah yeah so you know um, that, that's the point generational as you say yeah um Damn you, Steph Curry. I mean, <laughs> uh, and James Harden, and you've ruined the game. Um, this is a bad time to mention my first year of uh, 2K19, my career, that I've hit 523 threes, and I've already, I've, I'm already <laughs> over 400 halfway through my second. I'm just, well, yeah. hey, that's the way the game is played, so. Yeah. <laughs> got, 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 uh, got to get the practice for 2K Prime, you know? So. True, true. <laughs> yeah, I, I think those are concerning issues. I, I think the. But, the, the style, ability for yeah. boost, yeah, and, and you know, adding cheese with boosts and stuff like that, and even even a simple thing like the Gatorade facility element, like having to, I mean, it's not as bad as last year where you sort of really felt your player was drained after like two or three games where you'd have to go to the Gatorade gym, but it breaks you out mm. from, you know, what could be a great streamlined night, just you know, back-to-back games and, and not have to go, oh, we need to spend five, ten minutes dicking around doing this and doing that just to... Because it breaks the, the fun or the immersion of it in terms of, you know... the Momentum, yeah. 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 You know, you could be on a hot streak and... Or, you know, you could even try to be trying to break that streak, like a losing streak and stuff like that. And it's just... You know, it, it, it depends on, obviously, how many games you play. You know, you could potentially add, like, 20, 30 minutes into your night and... And then you've got it's to not, get, get the the matchups again because you've got to go all get back to the gym and you've got to go yeah. to the, the, the team facility, I should say. And then, oh, it, it's we, we saw that so much last year. But, but yeah. you know what else it is? Because you get to ninety two, as I am. I'm not. That's not even a humble brag because I've seen a lot of people ninety six and ninety seven so already. So <laughs> ninety two is is very small potatoes in the grand scheme of things. But ninety two is when you get the gym rat badge, and that's when you don't have to go to the Gatorade gym anymore. And this is something I've noticed because I've gone and I've been doing up a second player on PC just so I can play a bit more of the PC version as well as the PS4 this year. And it's I've, I'm like, oh, I've got to go back and do, go to the gym because I've gotten used to not doing practice, not doing gym. 
because I'm already maxed out all my badges at 92 overall because the gym rat badge. But you know you got to do that, so you got to grind. Maybe you buy VC to get up to 92 overall quicker. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's that's the incentive there. But it's 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 not good for the experience. No. Uh... Yeah, and then also, you know, going to the training facility to try and boost up the, the badges and attributes and shit. It's just, it's a lot of work just to, you know, if you want to have that element of fun. I think one other thing they could probably look at, you know, is the competitive and maybe like a social, you know, different um, different levels and all that stuff so you can sort of enter it, you know, if you just team like us you know we consider ourselves probably more of a social as opposed to you know trying to enter the 2k league and yeah, all that we're stuff we're not we're not full-on esports taking it super serious and everything we, we're yeah. competitive we want to win but we're not kind of like oh we have to be the best team best ranked team in the world and we're trying to get into the, the 2k league and whatever um if we could even qualify being out of the, out of the country of course yeah um I, I really do like that idea and it reminds me a lot of what rocket league does with their online settings that you can play competitive and um, competitive and casual so yeah. I mean the, the casual setting on on Rocket League you still get pretty good competition and it's just people that aren't really caring about ranks and things like that so it, it's good for, for casual basically people playing it like a rec league which I guess what is what Walk-On is for but then Walk-On has its problems and I'm sure we'll get to that as the uh, discussion continues but I do like that idea of having the competitive and casual um, or, some, or something you know to have within the, within the team pro-am mode to be able yeah. to have that distinguish that, that that distinction, I should say, um, I, I think you need it for online play, and it's yeah. that way you're not just cozying up to the elite players. You're opening up to everyone, which which you should, especially if you want to promote the 2K League. You want to get as many people involved in this and enjoying the experience as possible, so you can say, "Oh yeah, I'll play this and, and I'll watch the pros play as well." Now you're kind of like, "Well, this is garbage, and I'm not going to watch them play it as well because I'm really sick of this whole concept." Uh, it's really self defeating. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think too, like just uh, a couple other points, be sort of bringing like how the game was designed, sort of 2K16 in terms of fun, but with 2K17's features, I think I think I think that was I think when it was at its peak, like yeah, in terms of um, the mode being enjoyable and that you know, I, I think so. And and 2K17, I'll give it to 17 as well because we played so much of it, but. Yeah, but, but certainly sixteen was yeah. That there was something about that that was really special, and yeah, it's, it's there's nostalgia there because it was our first foray into it, and perhaps we weren't mm. taking it as seriously. It was a bit of fun, and where we, and when, once two K seventeen rolled around, we're like, okay, we're going to make a concerted effort about this. Yeah, but two uh, K seventeen, I think we all had a pretty good time. Yeah, uh, I, I think it, it, I think it was just the constant balancing and rebalancing with with the things that sort of made it that that element of frustrating and i think that's why i was saying 16 and again also coming back to the the way the players archetypes were defined in 16 i think though yeah i think i think those two things were the things that sort of gave me the edge in saying in terms of fun the the, archety- yeah, the, the archetypes features- is uh, something like, sorry I, that i want to touch on because it, it ties yeah. into what my uh, what i think the biggest problem is yeah. but you know you, you talked about the cheese earlier and that's, that's certainly a problem. And it seems like every year, and this is a point we've mentioned before as well on the show, is that it seems like every year they say, okay, the zigzag cheese is gone, we've fixed it, and they do, and then it's back the next year. So with all different balancing from year to year or patch to patch, 
it hasn't been that consistent experience. More, less so 2K18 and 2K19, they haven't made as, as many adjustments. The downside is that the game has been unbalanced out of the box, so without those adjustments, <laughs> for better or worse, for, or, or indeed for better and worse, it hasn't changed as much. So it's it's really getting that balance and, and getting rid of the cheese and, and everything is, is so important. So I, I definitely agree with uh, that. Yeah. Um, I think too, like, like especially with this year, how they've uh, a maximum of, well, you need full five players to play. I think that, you know, hurts a lot of, a lot of potential yeah, for... Yeah, yeah, that, that's... I mean, it's really killed pro- Team Pro-Am for us. Yeah. I mean, the, even the two times that we've been able to get on and, and play Team Pro-Am, we've really only had a couple of opponents because it seems that nobody can, at least at least not in the, the Australasian servers anyway. I mean, it may be different in the US, I would say. Um, and of course, you may have more a more variety of teams and people who are playing it both casually and seriously as well. But over here, it really just seems to whittle the Team Pro-Am down to the elite players and the really dedicated players so there's mm. not really much of casual so you get a walk on but then you play with the <laughs> you play with random opponents and all the uh, shenanigans that they're doing as far as tossing up shots with out of a triple team and not passing the ball and all that kind of stuff so there's really no good solution this year for 2k19 and and like you say having it as the minimum th- getting rid of the minimum three and making it a requirement to have all five for both walk on Jordan Rec Center and Team Pro Am, yeah, it's really taken the appeal and the accessibility out of the mode. Yeah, you know that, that's kind of frustrating. I mean, I know that they can understand that they want you know teams to sort of have the five, so that way you know it replicates the actual two K league stuff. But you know, people can be away. Like take for example me, I was away for four months. You know and. Yeah, I would have liked to have played with the guys. I'm sure the guys would have obviously liked to have played the mode and all that stuff all the way instead of just having to deal with walk-on or playing in the park in that aspect or even in the cages. So, <laughs> cages, but, yeah. But because, you know, I was away for so long and, you know, other people were potentially busy and stuff like that, it made it difficult. Whereas, you know, if they had the minimum of three, they could have still gotten a few games in. So, yeah, it's just disappointing in that sort of sense that they went that route um it's, it's more gatekeeping which yeah. which i don't think you should be doing with a mode because again it all ties into the appeal of the 2k league the, the professional esports league that they're promoting and, and trying to promote it. you can you can even buy uh 2k league merchandise for within the neighborhood now <laughs> they've got that up there this week with the launch mm-hmm. with the with the tip of season two if you want to throw your vc down the drain <laughs> <It's a funny laughs> um so I mean, so, I mean they're, they're pushing the hell out of it, as as they should. I mean, it's a big venture for them. But again, a, a big part of getting people on board with that is getting them invested in 2K Pro-Am. The, you know, everything that 99.9% of the user base is going to be playing. We're not in the Pro League. We're not in the 2K League. We're playing the game ourselves that we bought. We're not being paid to, pay, to play. So, you know, indeed, we are paying to play in more ways <laughs> than one. So... It really just puzzles me why they're not pushing it, why they're, why they're implementing that kind of gatekeeping in that system. It's it's really elitist. And, you know, we talked before about being elitist and talking about casuals and such, but, yeah, they're kind of buying into that, and it's it's, it's a real shame. But then again, you ask, you've got the people who aren't really interested in proper basketball playing the mode as well, so it's it's tough. And that that is a big problem, you know, to go back to your original point even the people playing the game and the way the game is set up for them to play and for all of us to play, yeah, that, that is a, a big problem with the mode. 
Yeah. You know, you think, too, like, with locking it at five, that you know, so much for making the game modes accessible. Like, yeah. You know, you, you want people to, to pay and play for your game, but then you don't by locking them out in that sort of sense. And it's, yeah, yeah it's like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, no. As far as the balance goes, I feel the biggest problem at the moment, and it affects my career too. It affects the, um, the playground. It affects you know, anything to do with my career, basically, and the connected experiences, 2K Pro-Am, Walk-On, etc., is basically the metagaming. And by metagaming, of course, I mean the archetype you choose, the height you choose, the weight you choose, the wingspan, everything you do to create your player, you have to create the perfect build. Now, obviously, the player build... You know, I think we can agree, Ben, should have some impact. You know, there should be pros and cons to designing a player a certain way, creating a certain yeah. player. You know, that, that makes sense. The problem is there is so much focus on the metagaming and getting that one build that will work. Or well, not one build, but there's certainly a very limited amount of builds that are viable online. And there's a lot of builds that are viable online but not fun offline. That That's a big problem why X hasn't been playing the game this year and why he hasn't been that keen to join in with us and i i totally understand that i mean obviously he's also got a family and everything so he's got more responsibilities than uh, some of the rest of us but even beyond that you know he, he's created this archetype that isn't really fun to play with offline and isn't as effective as he wanted it to be online as well there's such a narrow narrow spectrum on the metagaming of getting that right build ben that if you don't have the right wingspan you don't have the right combinations of the archetypes and there's so many archetypes that are useless or, or not as effective as they should be, and that it's a real disadvantage if you get them, and why would you have it, that it all comes down to everyone basically being the same archetype online. Yeah. You know, if, if you, or certainly all the players that want to have a chance at doing something productive online go for the same. So it's, it's very samey, the same kind of style. It's, and, it, and if you are trying to play online without that, it's not a great experience. And, and it shouldn't be that way. And going back to the 2K League, I think it's very telling that there's a limited amount of archetypes that they allow in the 2K League. That pretty much admits to me that they know that there's a lot of archetypes that are unbalanced and overpowered or underpowered. And certainly for the 2K League, they should be optimizing that with the right animations, right animation packages, and the right archetypes and everything. But it also means they need to balance the game for the rest of us. So I think the metagaming and that kind of balance, that's a big thing moving forward for, for Pro-Am. And certainly in the, the neighborhood as well. I mean, sorry, I say the playground. All, all of my career connected modes, basically. You know, and we've seen it when we've ventured into the playground of, as well. You know, you, you get a couple of stretch fours, a couple of stretch bigs. What do you do if you're, if you're our, uh, if you're us? If, you know, with your slasher, your, your two-way slasher and my sharpshooting playmaker, and we go for against a couple of stretch fours, how do you contend with that? Yeah, and given how exploitive they are in terms of, yeah, it's it's just impossible in that sort of sense. You, you'd be lucky to get a couple of wins every now and then, but it comes with hundreds of loss, uh, hundreds of losses in the meantime. So, and, yeah, and frustrating it's, losses. Like not just like it's one thing to to compete and go hard and lose. You know, we don't. No one likes yeah. to lose, but you play a good, fair, competitive game. Fair go, right? Yeah. But <laughs> you get in there and it's just they're just doing cheese after cheese. And the new takeover system, which is very OP, for, especially for a lot of archetypes, uh, especially pure sharps, whew, you know, it's, why do you even bother? You might as well set the controller down, you know, and I think we've come close to doing that a couple of times in sessions. Yeah. Um, so, so getting that game balance, not having mechanics that are easily exploitable, like zigzag, like takeover, or certain boosts for archetypes and, and underpowered and overpowered archetypes, so important that the whole metagaming and, 
yeah again because who's going to create multiple players well of course you can if you want to really grind or pay you know because i mean that's the thing with the second player i mean at the, at the moment i've got enough vc that i could create a second player on ps4 and immediately get up to 85 overall and keep grinding and then get up to 90 and do all the badges but at this point you know i've put a lot of time into my sharpshooting playmaker i don't really want to start over yeah it's it's just a lot of practice to go through just to get to to go through that point and obviously time and money in that sort of sense um yeah and i, I suppose the only people that would really would want to do that's where they create multiples is probably like youtubers and stuff and some for yeah exploitive reasons and b is you know test you know content, for when content. they content yeah content yeah yeah in terms of you know testing out different builds and sort of seeing what works what doesn't um like in the cases of agent and all that stuff um so yeah there's and yeah but but, but again 50 uh, 50 or 60 bucks for a game that you've already potentially paid up to what was 150 dollars for is is ludicrous in that sort of sense and no and they're expecting that every year in that sort of sense is insane so uh, starting over is painful i I just wrote a tip-off article about that it is it's yeah it's horrible and you know it's you've got to work to have fun online and and that actually ties you know we'll we'll come back to a couple of points here but that reminds me of a couple of points that you uh alerted to me to on the latest uh one of the most recent uh, jim acquisitions of course by uh the great uh Jim Sterling, thank God for Jim, Jim Sterling, yep. of course, <laughs> as he always says. Uh, but he had, had some great points that you that you noted about uh, enjoyment versus in- engagement and how they're not necessarily the same thing. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing. Like, I mean, he, he, in this video, yeah, he's talking about Anthem, but when I was watching it, <laughs> applicable, uh, so applicable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was watching it. Uh, well, I, sh- I should say, like, about a day or two before I w- saw this video, uh, I was playing a micro game, and I did not care if the team won or lost. It was just get through the game as soon as possible, rack up as much VC as possible, get to the next game. And it was like, that was a moment that I was like, holy crap, because normally when I'm playing a game, like, even how as horrible as the story was last year, you know, I was trying to enjoy the game um but yeah this year i even though i've only just been playing a little bit obviously buying a buying the game late being away for so long and yeah it it is it was a huge shift for me in terms of like and and like i said a wake-up call it was like holy crap that the game's not enjoyable anymore it's it's not about the experience or the the journey in the game and where it's just i've even been like looking at how many minutes do i really need to play mm. to maximize the vc return you know and, and depending on obviously things like um the incentives and stuff you get um if you you know especially if you're you know, needing to get like triple double or 50 points or something like that or yeah no, no, like, absolutely so, it's so how much, how much time do you spend? And I admit, I've been adjusting my time, playtime in the games, um, depending on that. Like, uh, you know, for even in the case of the daily challenges, like, do I need a triple double? All right, well, mm. let's bump it up to ten minutes, 
a quarter as opposed to eight minutes that I've been playing lately. But even still, it's like sometimes it's like, well, do I play six just to get through the game quickly? And again, not caring if, if it's a win or a loss. It's just get through the get the VC, get the fan uh, things to get those extra incentives and new contracts and bonuses and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, and even in the responses and in, in nowadays, it's it's you know if there's an opportunity to grab VC or if it's an opportunity to grab fans and as opposed to more the team chemistry side, although I've got team chemistry pretty much nearly at 100 anyway. It's pre- so. Once you get it up there, it's, it's pretty pretty easy to get it back. You, t- you get a 10% yeah. drop and then you just get it back with, with a training session or something, yeah. yeah in, in fact, so. you, can, you can invite teammates around to your my court and yep. get the chemistry up that way too. So, I mean, it's between games. So, yeah, it's, it's not yeah. in or there. So, it's like, yeah, it's not about enjoying the experience anymore. It's just, Doing the min maxing just to, I guess in ter- like I guess is the term in terms of it's more metagaming basically. Yeah, so that that's a, I think that's a concerning thing in the game, and yeah, it's it's not fun. It's just and it's working to have fun, like but re- yeah. really grinding, and it should be a journey, absolutely. Uh, but it, but it, it shouldn't be crawling over broken glass from. Uh, New York to Los Angeles, basically. It shouldn't, yeah. it shouldn't <laughs> yeah. be that kind of a painful journey. It should be more of a a fun road trip than anything else. Exactly. So, the, and, those... and that's the thing. And of course, you know, coming out of the out of the gate, if you want to play online, you've got to grind up as quickly as possible. You've got to get the badges. You've got to get the yeah. So of course, I mean, that always encourages microtransactions. So it comes back to that, and it's designed about engagement and and recurrent revenue rather than fun. Because they've they've talked about how many hours people are logging with the games over the past over the past couple of years, and it's been very impressive the the numbers and, and mind blowing like seventy thousand years spent in the game across all the yeah. people who have been playing it. Ten million copies sold and da da da. Mind blowing, and that's and it's impressive and great for the brand and everything. But the question is, are people enjoying it and enjoying it as much as they used to? And you look at some of the comments on social media and Reddit and our forum, of course, and Operation Sports. I don't think that enjoyment is there as much as it used to be and that real positive feeling about the brand. And it, it really has become about opportunities like the 2K League and, of course, recurrent revenue and and the almost like the real NBA. It's become about numbers rather than the experience, yeah. rather than the sport itself. You know, MAUs I, as opposed to, yeah. I, I can't think of a better parallel than that. You know, Basically, it's become about the analytics rather than the, the athleticism and the sport. Yeah. When, uh, not so much athleticism when you're sitting on a couch playing <laughs> or in a computer chair playing a fear, playing fierce for a PC or Xbox One or whatever. You know, maybe not as much athleticism there, <laughs> but uh, virtual, <laughs> virtual athleticism. But it's, it's become more about numbers than the game, unfortunately. So, I mean, well, that's our first starting point, I suppose, as to how to improve that. Is it about making the gameplay fun again? And to me, Ben, I think that's about bringing that balance back and. Maybe getting maybe we don't need so many archetypes, or maybe we need to simplify the archetypes, like they were in two K seventeen. Like maybe expanding it has just really increased the meta gaming and, and and basically ruined it. So maybe less is more in this case, and that will help balance things. Yeah, and again, I'll throw back to even two K sixteen. You know that was good, and, and even in the, the terms of you know updating attributes, it was the bucket instead of just every single individual one. Mm. So you know we could get a, a variety of of um, attribute upgrades into one purchase, as opposed to each and every single individual paying for 
one that you have to get. So yeah, I, I think that worked out better in, in terms of things. And again, coming down to the way you play it defined the archetype that you were. Yes, some people found a metagame in that and you know, found the exploits of what uh, what minimum requirements were needed to, you know, get these badges and stuff at the time when they just introduced it and that. But again, we, the solution to that, and you know, especially people who are playing on easy, is you make it technically more difficult by making the requirements higher. Yeah, I guess yeah. you know that was that was our solution around that at the time. I think that would, or maybe even you know, if it's on easy, you don't get it. You know, so that way it takes out that that element of what could be an exploit or cheese in that sort of sense. Uh, well, I do think because now the difficulty level affects the my points in two K nineteen. So that, I think that's kind of the compromise they're going for there, because if you're on the easier level, you don't get as many my points, so it does take longer to level up the badges. So it's I think that's have kind of gone that way with that. Okay. But it's not necessarily the best grind, but it, I think that's yeah. kind of what they're trying to do there. Okay. Um, certainly, how do you feel about the takeover? I I think I used it once, and I didn't like it. Like, yeah, I, I have not used it since, and I just, I think it's potentially crap it it is worth getting the microwave badge so it is worth using for the microwave to get the microwave badge because the more you activate it it's more xp towards the microwave badge um it's worth doing because that way you get on a hot streak quicker i'm trying to remember if my player has a microwave badge. everyone does it's it's a it's a personality badge okay personality one okay because yeah i don't remember seeing it in the my list of badges it's it's right at the end yeah it only only does stuff in game basically you can, okay. you, can, you can only uh, activate it through um, building up the microwave, the microwave meter, the takeover meter in uh, in gameplay. So okay. I, I think it's it's just too overpowered for uh, for shooters basically, and and certainly sh- uh, pure sharpshooters, not so much when you're a uh, secondary uh, shooting archetype like I am. It, it, it does affect it though, like very cheesily at times. Certainly in my career, anyway, not so much online. But I, I think that's something again they need to look at and see. Okay, how how balanced is this? Because it mm. it doesn't really come in. It doesn't really ruin anything. I think in my career it is online because you see you see a sharp get get on fire basically with with the takeover badge and you're like yeah and then, and then when they've shot twenty five out of thirty three when they made twenty five out of thirty threes like this is not sim it's not no, fun it, and, it's it's purely like NBA Jam or in like Street Fighter you know when you get the super combos or you know you do the the on fire and all that stuff and just, so and just spamming it yeah yeah so I, I think that's a mechanic they need to look at possibly take out or certainly revamp maybe nerf uh, I, I don't think nerf it this year i think it's going to be too hard to do it in a patch to but if if they don't do it in a patch they still have to look at it for 2k20 to do yeah um i think we can agree they need to bring back the minimum three requirement mm-hmm. to get uh pro-am mm-hmm. um and also the casual and uh competitive settings and to that point, because there are people that say, oh, you know, if you want to play against CPU players, play my career. Like, we don't want to play CPU players, but we want to have CPU players join in if we can't get a game. Like, that yeah. was that was the benefit of that. And, and you know, was- and I suppose, too, like, if we, you know, if, if the CPU player was, say, like... Real player? Level, <laughs> well, yeah, or even just, you know, a, a, a generic 85 overall, or a, a position that you could choose like to fill that obviously the position in that you're missing in that like whether it's a center or point guard or something like that you know you maybe have like two or three options of 
the different type, like I guess archetypes of that, and you can choose that sort of thing. But they're they're locked at like eighty five, so that way they're at least competent and not like you're trying to. Um, you're not trying to gain the system by yeah, by having, yeah. you're not being gifted a great player, or, yeah, or, possi- or you know, possibly yeah. even you know it could, it could go on your rank if you the higher you rank up as a pro am team, maybe you get better NBA players, for example. Because I mean that would underscore the pro in pro am if you actually got yeah. some NBA players in there. Um, and I think that'd be a good use of the license if you could get that, and just random, just a random, you know, say you're a bronze level, whatever. And well, that's the other thing they they need better matchmaking as well in the modes. Yeah. Um, and if you've got that starts with casual and competitive, I think, and then you've also in between that you've got to measure up people with experience because there's a lot of teams that disband and recreate themselves to start over. So they yeah. get matched up with bronze teams. That they're, they're considered a bronze team again, but you're talking about a, a bunch of elite Pro-Am players that have had great records with other teams, but they've come together on a new squad. I think you need to look at the players and their overall records and say, okay, this, this team is so experienced, it needs to be matched up with other elite players. So you get casual and competitive, you get better matchmaking between skill levels and experience, and not just the experience of the current squad, but also their overall record in Pro-Am and walk-on. You get the three on three. You're sorry, three on three. You get the minimum three, so it can be a min- so it can be at least three on three as far as the users with uh, four uh, C- CPU players taking up the remaining spots, uh, and, and you fix the balance. And that's the I think the starting point for really improving pro am. But it, a lot of it, a lot of it comes down to that those mechanics of, of matchmaking and what you allow as far as being able to join in with less than five players aside because it's just hard to get a game and and yeah. when you can't get a game and you've got to go into the walk-on and we've had some fun with walk-on but not everybody is really about the team game in walk-on yeah. and, and you get some when you get a great a teammate that's fantastic you know uh you really enjoy it but then you get somebody who's you don't you don't want to sh- shut them out or you end up having to freeze them out sometimes you don't want to but then it's yeah sometimes you have to because they're just launching up stupid shots every time they get the ball or they're just fouling their... Uh, I don't think you were in the game. I think you were away, but we had one where there were, somebody joined in and he was basically just running out of bounds every time and sabotaging us. We were playing four on five defensively. Oh, wow. So, so you've got trolls, you know, ruining the experience. So yep. to put up with that just to get a game is not a good use of what is a really good concept. And Pro-Am, team, online team play, is a really fun concept. We can attest to that with how much fun we've had with it. So you don't want to really handicap it and, and really disadvantage the experience by having these terrible mechanics yeah, exactly and you know again it just it'll make people disinterested and less engaged and you know the game's all about engagement these days so if you want that kind of thing although whether it's positive or negative i guess it depends if <laughs> i mean if you're spending hours and hours to grind up and not enjoying it that's, what's the point yeah. it's like oh they spent 50 hours in the game like, yeah and they enjoyed about 40 they enjoyed about 5 of them you know 45, yeah. 45 of them were torturous yeah. uh, that's that's not a great game That's it's it's got people in because they feel they need to get their investment but that's that's people playing the game through gritted teeth that is not a good approach so we're looking at that we're changing the matchmaking uh, as far as the customization I think they should bring that back Ben but they should do it rather than getting to a certain level I think Make it after ten wins, regardless of record. Yeah, so I that agree. way I can agree. Because mate, if you're a, not such a great team, it will take you a while to get ten wins. If you are pretty competent, you'll get there fairly quickly. And after ten wins, I think that certainly ten wins, not ten games, but ten wins. 
that will show that you're pretty invested in the mode and that's when you can start using your or basically everything but you know use a custom image that you upload to the site yep. or, or all the jerseys everything basically yeah and i think that also keeps people engaged and it, it gets people it's it's not just about the elite players then and everyone else feels left out the, the gatekeeping is the other thing the mat, get more ma- better matchmaking get more matchmaking into the game more matchmaking criteria and options and once again the casual and competitive settings get rid of the gatekeeping the lack of balance and gatekeeping is just so uninviting to new players and even experienced players because, again, we just gave up on 2K18 last year. Yeah. In fact, we pretty much even gave up on it the first night, but we played it. I think we it was like three hours and 20 minutes. I think we'd go, not, not this year. Pretty much we did, we thought this this is going to be terrible. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I remember even doing the meme about it with the gravestone, yeah. with the tombstone, and uh, and it was like, that's not a good sign. And again, coming off playing 520 plus nearly 530 games, it was like, yeah, that's 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 a big drop off. And yeah, I think we quit at 80 for a while, and then I think we, after even like a couple of weeks or even like one or two months, I think we gave it another attempt and bumped it up to about maybe about 120. But even still, those, a lot of those nights were not even enjoyable. And, and that, how many times on the podcast were we saying we didn't enjoy ourselves? And here's, oh, yeah. you know, this is the thing that's all, oh, just get good, get good. And like, yeah, it's not just about that because it's, there are so many things standing in the way of of uh, being able to get good at the game because get, being getting good at the game is not necessarily so much experience as learning the exploits and wanting to use those exploits rather than play real basketball and being able to dedicate the time and indeed money to having second archetypes if the first archetype doesn't work out. And none of us, I think on the, the LRC squad at least, really wanted to put in the time and certainly not the money to have that second player. I mean, my player, look at where I couldn't dunk because of the, that bug in, yeah. the dunking, in the dunk frequency in, in the archetype because it brought, I brought it across from the prelude last year. You know, This year I have really enjoyed my career and actually being able to dunk and hit threes, You know, the two things I want to be able to do with my uh, player <laughs> uh, offensively, really. You know, it, it's just, it, it's it's not, the balance isn't there, the fun isn't there, and it and, the, and it's holding people out of the game by not presenting this welcoming experience as in years past. They sort of got people in, like us, and then they're driving people away, and I guess the numbers are still there, I guess people are still playing the mode, not so much on the Australasian servers, I suppose, but man, it's, it's just see how far it's come down, it's, it's something they've really got to address, uh, and... As far as the minimum three, because there are, people have said, you know, to get back to the point about AI players, I understand people don't want to play with AI players in the game, but I will say this. I don't think having AI players makes it any easier. You know, yeah, it, definitely not. For yeah. the steals you get, the few cheap steals that your team might be able to get, doesn't even out on how incompetent they are offensively oh, yeah. for the rest of the game, basically. <laughs> or how many missed layups or stupid shots or not lack def- of defense. Not defending and- the three-point line. Yeah, so it it is not an advantage, especially if the other team has stretch fours, because the AI stretch the AI fours, the you know bigs, power forwards and centers basically don't really defend the perimeter as they should. So it's not an advantage. But if it is an issue, only match up teams with less than five users against other teams with less than five users. You know, keep keep them all together. Then, if that's and then that that again comes back to having the more sophisticated matchmaking. But if that's what you got to do, do it. And and don't capitulate 
uh, to this gatekeeping mentality of oh, it has to be this, it has to be five users, and it has to be only for the elite, and only the only the hardcore may play this mode. It's, uh, and I'm thinking of Conan O'Brien from The Simpsons. You know, only I, <laughs> only I may pro am. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can't have that because it is it is such a fun mode in concept, and we yeah. we can attest to that again. So I do think you need to make these changes. Uh, what are the, those are the changes I think we've uh, thrown out already. Anything else you can think of specifically that would really improve Prime? The lag switching or lag spikes? Oh, the get. lag, yeah. For, if like, you get... I had a shocking one the other week when we tried doing the walk-on, mm. and it, it's always sus when it happens because it's always when you're sort of more... Shooting? <laughs> yeah, or... <laughs> up against a, a shooter in that sort of sense. So it's like always sus. And in, Improving the servers, I mean, it's a running joke with 2K, isn't it? Yep. And, you know, they put the the, the joke in. Have you seen that Mike Rear uh, cutscene with Ronnie where he comes in? Not yet, not yet. And I'm dreading the day I have to see it. <laughs> so he, he comes in and he makes a joke about, oh, I'm just fixing the servers, which, like, that's that's funny. Um, maybe it should have actually happened in 2K. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been much better. <laughs> It needs to get better. And here's something about Walk-On. The big problem with Walk-On, I think, is that there's other games going on in the background. Yeah, I, I it mean, doesn't help. It helps for the atmosphere and the aesthetic, but it doesn't help with the lag. And the gameplay should be paramount. The gameplay experience, how the game feels on the sticks and everything else, and how it all goes down, that matters more than seeing other games go on in the background. So yeah. I'd rather just have Walk-On, much like it was in, in years past, where it was a generic stadium, Rather than you know being having the the rec center in the background, again it looks nice, it's all cool and everything, but it just contributes to the lag by having the other games go on in the background. And yeah. when you when you've uh, already got problems with the servers, yeah, you know if your servers aren't stable enough or competent enough, then yeah, it doesn't help. It doesn't help at all. And it's like we'll get a better internet connection then. I can't until potentially at least this time next year like i can't upgrade to the nbn which is our national broadband which is like optic slash well it can be optic and copper i guess and or it could get up to 100 megabits per second i can't upgrade till next year when they've potentially installed it in my area so I'm on the best internet I can get at this point until the infrastructure's there. And again, I know I would not be the only one, not just in Australia, but in the freaking world that, you know, has the best internet that the countries can provide at the oh, time. Oh, yeah. And there's even people who do have great connections because they talk, you see it on Twitter, they say, uh, I'm not having any problems with any other game. It's just 2K. So, I mean, you, you, they've got the great connections and having no other problem with any other games, but it is just 2K. So it is something that needs to improve. Uh, doing something like getting rid of the extra games going on in the background and just going back to a, a generic stadium with just just a crowd. Yeah, I, I think it's just so much better. And it, it's funny because it doesn't really seem to be that much of a problem, problem in the playground. Yeah. But it, it is there. It, it is. There's a bit of lag in the playground, but it seems to be handled a bit better. So whatever upgrades need to be done to the servers or the netcode, whatever, uh, I think needs to be done. Uh, archetypes, definitely we want to reduce that metagaming. Uh, do you think we should get rid of the combined archetypes or the the hybrid archetypes or, or at least reduce the amount of them? or, or is it just a, reduce, a, reduce the amount of them. I don't mind the fact that you can, you know, you're not sort of stuck to just 
the one I think that was what was in two K seventeen, and then just that they're all pure basically in certain Yeah, yeah. I, I think you know if they have like what they I guess what they do in the two K league, they have like isn't forty options or or you know it's basically like uh twenty five 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 twenty five five per per position. Okay, yeah, if they do that, I think that's better. Um, again, they can sort of focus on the quality and the of it and the polish of them and not ex- exploitative in that sort of sense. Uh, and that's the thing. There's a lot of, what, 189 or something? Uh, yeah. Archetypes, different combinations to track. Of course, you're going to have some that are, aren't really focused on and some that are unbalanced. Yeah. So, so what, building on that idea, what if they have five per position or even ten? combinations per position but you can do different things by doing different things with your player you can kind of evolve them into maybe an all more well-rounded player or you can develop a jump shot or you can develop more defense like if you can so, so it's kind of like a hybrid between current and 2k16 and that's kind of, of so, so you've got a bit more yeah. it's you've got fewer archetypes to choose from but they're a bit more flexible i i could see that kind of working but, you know, how exploitive could that system be as well, I guess, in terms of... I mean, it is easier said than done to say no exploits. Yeah. Um, although certainly things like zigzag and dribble... Like, they always talk about dribble fatigue being an issue, and then we it's see not... it, and you're like, really? It's because they seem to be a lot of zigzagging all over the place right now. So I've been doing crossovers for the last 30 minutes and nothing. <laughs> it just takes the whole shot clock going back and forth across the screen yep. and then shoots... From uh, and, and then they're talking about should we add a half court badge? Do you see that? <laughs> yeah, court? I saw that, and I was like, yeah, nope. no, nope. <laughs> Wanted to use uh, Kenny's uh, Simpsons uh, reply, Homer, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. That we definitely not. People said, isn't that really what Limitless Range is at the moment? <laughs> Basically, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. I saw that reply. Pretty, pretty much like, already yeah. got one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know. I, last year, I took a couple of like half court shots, and that was mainly just to grade myself out of the game because it was like that frustration thing. It was just funny when I hit it. <laughs> and look, they they happen some time to time, but it shouldn't be a, you know, there shouldn't be a badge for it because people right. just be grinding that, and then it's it, it's already gotten to the point where people are just tossing up threes in oh, in, yeah. in a line. So we don't need to encourage more of that. I can see in next month asking, should we add a four point line to the? <laughs> No thanks, but you know we've talked about whether these the community is still sim or whether the, at least the pro am community, if you will, is sim because I, I think players who prefer my league and such are more about you know those your old your old school hardcore sim head kind of players basically yep. playing my league online. I think you've got the the generation gap as we talked about. If they're not sim, I mean, how do you really change? that behavior that style of play can you even change that style of play because it's that's what they they want basically in fact they want it to be even more arcade in some cases for online so how do you how do you cater to that 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 is the hard thing add with tasers the, to the controllers if they try and do zigzag <laughs> stuff zap the bastards <laughs> it's i mean it's tempting it's 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 a nice <laughs> thought i suppose but you know, you, well, that that would give a meaning to DualShock Five, wouldn't well, it? Oh, that's, that's right. It's it's always, always you know. Gaming companies always trying to innovate. Yeah. <laughs> I, I suppose to a certain extent you can force players to play a certain way. And, and I think, looking at what they're doing with the 2K League, I think they're trying to encourage that, but it, it's just hard to really enforce. It's not really taking. 
uh, certainly in walk-on, if nothing else. But maybe something that rewards good team play? I mean, you've already got the team grades. Mm. And as it is, you can grade out too easily by a couple of mistakes that aren't really your fault. And of course, that's something else you need to clean up with the gameplay. Oh, the, the grading logic. The grading logic is, is not good. Uh, it, or it's, it hasn't really been touched enough in the past couple of years. It's It's not really... It, it doesn't account for, for things like getting out rebounded when you're a guard by a tall player when you're doing your best on the boards and things like that, or a, a wild long rebound that just happens to bounce right back into a player's hands. It's... Or having to double team someone because the AI player is not efficient enough. Or, oh, or... yeah. It, it's, yeah. It really feels very primitive. doesn't feel like it's been touched maybe since 2K16. I think they made a couple of improvements this generation, but certainly not enough. And... But other things with the gameplay, like your cheesy steals and being able to abuse, being able to spam steal, uh, can turnovers, things like that, that also needs to be properly balanced as well. Because yeah. it's it's other things that really screw you over when you're trying to play uh, in a realistic style of basketball. You're trying to play a virtual representation of, of the real sport and everyone else is metagaming and playing. They're not doing what disasters. They're, they're playing video games, not basketball, basically. And it's working for yeah. them. Yeah. So you've got to bring that sim element back and I think you've got to train the audience. And I know Baluba, Mike Wong, has talked about weaning people off the green releases. I mean, that's an idea, you know, whether you change the mechanics of the game to really reward good basketball play over metagaming and Twitch reflexes and things like that, whether it becomes more about strategic gameplay. Is that is that feasible though? Because again, if the community is not really feeling sim... It, that's that's a hard sell, and then suddenly you're not catering to people like us. And if we're the minority, then it, I guess, as much as it sucks for us, then we can't really be catered to. Yeah, you know, do we? We don't have a market then, in terms of well, we, we said, a product for the for our market, I guess. And, and well, well it, it comes back to gatekeeping, really, mm. and, and it's saying that this mode is just for this kind of people. That that there's one experience on offer in these online modes. And one way of playing them, one ideal way of playing them, one way one way to play them if you want to win, be successful in them, and everyone else is just SOL, basically. Mm. Uh, and I think that's the wrong approach. I think we've got some good ideas here. The question is, are we going to see the changes? I mean, I feel like they could have patched the minimum three players back in, but they haven't. So what is the likelihood that they're going to do that? I mean, if they are trying to make it more like the 2K League, that's probably not something they're going to consider. Yeah. unfortunately you know it's and if they're happy with it and again great ratings people are engaging you can see they're playing 2k pro-am and i actually was looking at the trophies for a win as part of a pro level squad mm-hmm. and it's actually just basically the same percentage of people have got that trophy this year as in years past so it's not the so i don't think it has really has dropped off and that's surprising because you do see these negative reactions in social media and reddit and whatnot and within within our community so is it just a vocal minority that's the question yeah and 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 it's a shame because this is a mode that we have enjoyed so much and i think if you just tinker with it it can be it can be great again it it can be as fun as it was in 2k16 because the, the basic elements are still there plus you've got really cool stuff like stats tracking and, and everything else now, you know. So I, I think that's it, it's capable of being as fun as it used to be if they can fix up some of these balance issues, if they can add those 
extra ma- levels of matchmaking. And look at Rocket League. I mean, you can, they've got such a successful esports league as well. So if there's anyone to model yourself after, it, I think it would be something like Rocket League. And, and exactly, it takes takes some cues from other successful um, esports leagues and games. And, and Rocket League, I suppose, does also have the advantage of that. Uh, I, I know the cars do handle differently, but basically, you don't have to level up stats or anything. Mm-hmm. So it really is about skills on the sticks or indeed the keyboard and mouse but if you're playing on pc and not using a, a, a gamepad for it whereas 2k is very based on getting the right animation in many respects for yep. success and, and i think that's what a lot of people have pointed out about the 2k league is that oh it's it's yeah that was a great highlight but because the right animation triggered basically yeah and, and again that's something that they've really catered to or curated i should say because they've limited the animation packages that you can choose for their limited amount of archetypes in the 2k league so again you're getting this very curated and optimized controlled and experience yeah yeah. in the 2k league and i think they need to bring some of that if they want to really have 2k prime as as good as as that i think they need to look at some of the things that they've done to optimize the 2k league and and offer that but offer it at different tiers so that it's open to everyone because the more people that will play it will we'll find a mode that can be again a lot of fun I mean, I mind going back to playing more than two hundred plus games and in, in in it, but yeah, it's 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 just not there anymore to be able to do it. The enjoyment's not there. The obviously the gatekeeping's a big factor now, and so yeah, it's just a shame, a wasted opportunity for a mode that you know they brought back due to demand and all that stuff. So yeah. So that's how we fix it, basically. I think get rid of the gatekeeping, bring in some matchmaking, bring in better balance, uh, make things accessible, like the the team customization. Uh, make it clear as well. R- remember how we got it in 2K17 quite randomly? Yeah. Uh, yeah, know, there, was, uh, there, was, there was no real way of knowing how exactly we got it. We just randomly did. And... We just randomly became the elite level team for briefly. And, yeah. And, and changed and, it, yeah. And have people that can actually... Uh, explain or have it clearly written somewhere that that uh, how these things are achievable and that because even when we asked around, no one bloody knew yeah, like, what, like, what 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 how what, many wins you needed to do this and all that sort of stuff, how many games played or what you know we we were searching around for answers in in terms of how do we what do we need to do to get to this and we could not get one answer <laughs> no one from 2k knew and it's like yeah. you made the game you've got to know what conditions there are but then again they seemed random anyway so yeah it's it seemed we, we even speculated that maybe they just unlocked it for a week for everyone made mm-hmm. everyone become elite with the next win so that they could get so that you could get a taste of the customization but I, I think, and it's, it goes, they've done it with my team as well, where you've got to do certain things and win certain games to unlock the auction house. Yeah. It's it, it it's gatekeeping. You, you can't put these really good features behind. I mean, I understand wanting to allow people to journey and allow people to unlock things and have a reward for leveling up. And you can certainly do that, but I think you do it in a way that doesn't lock out some of the best and most appealing features from a majority of the fan base. Mm. user base that that is the problem and, and again it, it's gatekeeping and we, we you know, we're using the word a lot but it, it, there's no better word uh to describe it get rid of and that it, it, it's prominent in 2k games like sort of throwing back to 
GTA Online, when they added in like these new modes and all that stuff, like you know heists and things like that, you needed to buy a facility to be able to even access it, and then you had to buy and something else. So there was things that you had to do first, and you know it wasn't cheap. Where things were costing over a million dollars to, well, like in game dollars and all that stuff to actually even become accessible to 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 do and or to to access the the features in in this in these new updates so it was again sort of forcing you to have to spend money or buy like or like grind the hell out of the game in, in ridiculous amounts to to then uh unlock these certain things so i think that was a you know i i got bored of that and tired of that very quickly after a while after a while with that yeah and and like you say it's become very intrusive and but but also commonplace in gaming and that's i guess disheartening because it makes me think well are they actually going to do anything in 2k20 and it it, it may just be that the experience and this will be where the the younger gamers might say ah just old heads not moving with the times like yeah but they all sometimes the old ways are best and I, i think certainly making a game accessible to everyone certainly you have to get good at the game to beat other people but mm. to not to be locked out and to be shunned from the mode because oh you're you're not the ideal demographic within the demographic that we want it's uh yeah it, it's not the way to go yeah. and get, getting getting the better matchmaking as i said getting the better balance um and and just really focusing on on it being fun i think mm. not just getting people engaged and just just making it as fun as it used to be is is something that is very possible and and I hope they can make some of the changes uh, to that in 2019 you really need to be that sophisticated if you're going to have online uh, capabilities in your game online multiplayer and online team play like this uh, I I do think you need to have it open to as many people as possible and to be as as fun as possible once again especially if you are having it you've got a a professional uh, esports league going with it yeah it needs it needs to be a, a better experience uh so that's that's what i think would we need to do to or what 2k needs to do rather to, to fix 2k pro-am it is very doable i, I think it, the question remains will they do it yeah i mean they had passed like they had have done it you know with like we've said with 2k 16 and 17 and a lot of with a lot of the things that they did right there uh but yeah, just just the direction that they've sort of taken over the last two years, and especially this year with the with the added gatekeeping element, has killed it. And, and I, I think, and not in a good way, obviously not. In a, so yeah, I think they can if they go back to what was working, what and what was that fun element again. Uh, then yeah, I think they'll have a more successful mode again. I think it's just it's just a shame that they they're killing the, the a mode that was supposed to be engaging, fun, and social. And that is what we've enjoyed as well, as much as the gameplay is the social element. And yeah, but it's without the gameplay being fun as well. I mean, we can get on and chat to each other in many different ways, but it's it is a very specific uh, social interaction as far as the the weekly sessions that we had and. I mean that being said, I'm sure we'll set up a few more with 2K19 as the as the weeks months pass in the in the up to the release of 2K20. But I mean, if if it goes much the same way as last year, then it's probably going to be a situation where we all do give up, you know, months in advance. Yeah, uh, I can tell you what, like playing this game, 
I'm kind of glad. Well, I'm, I'm actually glad that I waited till it was a cheap price. You know, I I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much if I had paid the full. Like, I I don't see that value, right? As it being a full price game in that sort of sense, um, just because of yeah the the some of the things that they've done with the game with in terms of decision making and stuff like that and again that 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 realization when I was playing the other night and then watching this Jim Sterling video I was like yeah this 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 is a good point this 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 game is very salient point absolutely yeah so yeah I, I think to the point of being worth the money do you think they would ever make 2K Pro M like a spin off free to play game uh. Or is it, is, is it too integrated with my career? Do you think? I think it's too integrated with my career. Uh, I think, uh, I think a few years ago on a podcast, I suggested like even if they did like a, a my career thing separately, and you know if that was like twenty bucks, I think even you and Leftos and even John may have shouted me down on that one. Uh, yeah, I think I was. I was <laughs> now who's <sorry>. laughing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not so uh, crazy after all, am I? Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I think. I think it's definitely too tied in with that mode and um, and especially with the monetization returns that they'll get from it, I think they'll definitely want to try and... And I think if they separate that game, like make, make it a separate thing, I, I think it may hurt sales figures in some way and obviously, you know, because it would probably be one of the big bread and butter modes and that. So I think you'll, they'll see a lot more copies sold on like like in terms of this mm. in store as opposed to you know because I'd, I'd imagine it'd be more just an online download as opposed to being a, a retail version that's that right sort yeah. of sent. so i think and, and people would will... grind people because because i mean I, i've got up to 92 without spending a single cent on vc yeah. so it is possible so you know if, if they can avoid if people can avoid you know pay, paying for it yeah it, it is a lot to give away i suppose yeah, and so yeah, I think yeah, I think that it it'll give that negative image that you know they weren't able to sell the ten million copies and people are going well if they tried saying that you know we sold ten million copies but but we see like so many stores have so many copies of the mm. game so I think that would hurt that and it would look it look like a negative image as opposed to the positive image that they want to try and portray with their game and yeah so that's I, I true think, yeah yeah you know, it's, it's all about perception. Well, if we can leave it with a final word, hopefully these, some of these good ideas that I certainly feel are the good ideas that we have, they, that they can be implemented. But if there is one uh, silver lining to the uh, cloud that's hanging over uh, my career in 2K Prime at the moment, be fresh is gone. So that has brought us to the uh, end of this week's show. We hope you enjoyed uh, this week's discussion. Looking forward to more topics in the future. In fact, next week's topic is another one we're looking forward to, Ben, that we'll be talking about the uh, continued comeback of NBA Live and what NBA Live needs to do in this iteration. And uh, I imagine that's going to be quite a lively discussion as well because uh, certainly there's a lot of things that, uh, as much as we've liked some of the progress Live has made, there's definitely more progress that it needs to make. And I think Live 20 has to be a big year. So uh, I think that's that's going to be a a good uh, discussion as well. I hope so. And yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. There's already been a few things that I've sort of mentioned to you about it in terms of some ideas ahead of it so yeah 
So uh, stay tuned for that. And once again, we hope you enjoyed uh, the discussion on 2K Prime. Let us know what you think about 2K Prime, whether it's a mode that you're interested in, whether you've lost interest in the mode because of some of the changes they've made. And of course, feel free to suggest some topics as well. After all, Ben, we want to talk about the things that basketball gamers want to hear us talk about. So we definitely want those suggestions. Yeah. On that note, we're off to play Prime. <laughs> that, that's right. We pro- because we just can't stay away. Yeah. But uh, if you can't stay away from the NLC podcast, ah, ah, look at that. More, uh, more segues. Uh, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes. You can also find us on various podcatching apps, including Stitcher and Podcast Addict. Or you can keep streaming on the NLC itself. As long as you're tuning in and enjoying the show, that is the main thing. We also invite you to connect with us on social media. On Twitter and Facebook, we are the NLSC. On Instagram, we are NLSC Basketball. On YouTube, we are NBA Live Series Center. And of course, keep it locked to the NLSC itself, nba-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. But yes, that is it for episode number 279 of the NLSC podcast. Thank you once again for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Andrew. I'm okay. Go get buckets, everyone.